Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I am Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wool on us. Facing and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinizing through their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. As a reminder, that awesome theme song that you just heard is by Dan Bull. Also, I wanted to uh, make another push for any of you who are listening to this to go and review the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever app you use. Having good reviews apparently really helps get the podcast promoted to others. And along those lines, please, please, please tell other people about this podcast. We've been having an awful lot of fun doing it and would love to share it with more folks. So if you know anyone who you think might like listening to it, please go ahead and share it. Today... We are actually going to discuss the whole concept of ad blocking. Last week, we got into a big discussion on advertising in the middle of our discussion on privacy policies, and I think we'll probably touch on some of that again. So there has actually been a lot of talk about ad blocking lately because of some new reports and new studies suggesting that it's much more prevalent than some had previously believed, though there have been some questions about the methodology behind various studies. But some reports have found that it really depends a lot on the particular audience, and certainly with more technically savvy audiences, such as those who read TechDirt, they're much more likely to use ad blockers. And now many publishers absolutely hate ad blockers and have done all sorts of crazy anti-reader things in order to pressure people into seeing the ads that they don't want to see. We were even uh, approached recently by a company that promised to put new ads in that would only appear for those who were using ad blockers, which seemed kind of uh, repulsive to, to me and only likely to anger our readers who had chosen not to see ads. And, and unlike a lot of publishers, I think I take a somewhat different view on ad blockers. And while I'll readily admit that they probably mean less money for TechDirt directly, I actually think that they provide a real service for many users and am hopeful that this latest burst of attention around ad blockers means that it will finally push ad agencies to get past this annoying and intrusive banner ad focus and finally start looking at good and compelling advertisements that people don't want to block. The more people that block the display ads, the more the industry will be forced to adjust, and I think it is about time that they do so. So if advertisers and publishers bitch about ad blockers, they really only have themselves to blame for pushing such annoying ads on their communities in the first place. So here to discuss whether or not ad blockers are a good thing or a bad thing, once again, are our regular co-hosts, Hirsch Reddy and Dennis Yang. And I was asking before which one of you were, was going to be willing to take the position that ad blockers are a bad thing for society, and <laughs> nobody is willing to do that. So I think we're going to have a slightly more general conversation. But, but let's, let's talk about it. I, I, I will actually argue, even though it may be against my personal interest, that, that ad blockers, I think, in general are good, and if anything, will force both advertisers and publishers to, to be more respectful of their communities and readerships. 
I mean, like how how prevalent is the usage of ad blockers? Is it really so, that big of a deal? Yes. So it, it depends on who you talk to, right? So one yeah. of the, the study that just came out said, I forget the exact number, but it said something like 40% of internet users really? are using ad blockers, which is what? probably not true, right? According so I whom? think yeah. it, it's a company that helps you deal with ad blockers. So, so <laughs> there was a clear <laughs> bias behind that company. So I think that's bullshit. Well, cause, I do cause think we, we took a survey right here at this table and 0% of, <laughs> of yeah, our Yeah, but this table is this is a small sample size problem and and <laughs> and a very distorted sample size. But, you know, I, I do think that it is true with an audience like TechTurt. I actually do think we have a fairly large number of ad blockers from our audience. Yeah. And and I don't know for sure, but it would... I mean, maybe you should run would, a poll. I would. I think that would be really interesting. It would, Just don't well, run polls it are a little questionable too, but yeah, sure. it, it, it would not surprise me if it was upwards of 25% on TechTurt. Hmm. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. When you install an ad blocker... And I never, I've never done this, okay? So that shows you how informed <laughs> when, when you we install go, it, as we when, dive in. <laughs> as we dive right in. Yes. Talking about something I've never installed. Go for it. When you, when you use an ad blocker, you install, let's say, as a Chrome plugin or something like that, does it automatically block ads on all websites or do you opt in for ad blocking on each website you go to? Uh, it, it, it's generally speaking, there are different ones and you can set them up in different ways, but yeah. generally speaking, it will block them all and you can then go back and whitelist certain sites if you want to allow. And there are exceptions. So like Adblocker Plus or whatever, whatever the, is, which is the most popular one, yeah. like they have this program. Do you want to plug one right here? I can, I can go try it. <laughs> they, they, will, they actually have this program, which some people are very upset about, which will allow through some ads. So like <laughs> if, if, so... Depending on how you look at it and what your perspective is, one argument is if a company promises to do a good job and have nice ads that are not evil, they will let them through. The, that's one way to describe it. The other way to describe it is that if a company is willing to pay ad blocker oh money, they will let certain kinds of ads through. And that's where people get so, wow. That that that's that seems <laughs> that seems really really sketchy, right? So and, and they're like the, the gatekeepers. Uh, yes, and so so you you have you know th there are issues there. Okay, if that's how ad blockers really work, it's not a some update. some not all like ad, ad blockers. The, but the pop the main at one. least yeah, one yeah. popular one. Yeah, I'll take the position that it's probably not good because even if a website does tasteful ads directed right at users, no one's ever going to find out. Well, Everything well, is just going to get blocked. Yes, except well. So here's my argument in, in response to that. Right. So I think that's that's true of d traditional display advertising, but. I would then make the argument that traditional display advertising was always a stupid way to do advertising and not very effective. And so if it goes away, so what? And, and it'll push people to do things that are more creative, that are... Like what? I mean, so... And this sketches other people, and this is a whole other conversation for a whole other discussion, but like things that are considered native advertising, right? So... Stuff that is directly within the you know, advertorial. It, uh, not, <laughs> no, so advertorial is one thing, but native advertising can be something different. But yes, in some cases, it may be advertorial, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's stuff that that an ad blocker will not block because it, it, right. it can't it can't distinguish between the two. Although, right? if you're doing an an ethical advertorial, mm -hmm. then you're actually labeling it. And yeah. Say, hey, oh, absolutely. And so, space. in theory, right, and you then could, they could just read that. And right. Just but, but now, now here's the further argument, which is that if you're actually doing a good job, a really good job 
of native advertising, the content itself, and this goes back to things that I've said in previous podcasts, the content itself should be so good that people won't want to do that, right? And you can create good content that is advertising that people want to see, and, and that's what I think we should be striving for. And in that case, and, and um, what my hope is, is that this, the ad blocker blocking out bad ads will drive more people to that kind of thing. So yeah, but, I, mean, I see skeptical yeah. faces around the table. I mean, I, I think there's a few things here, right? So okay. one thing is once you start kind of navigating into the territory of advertorial, yeah. right? Like I think you, you the, advertising is actually a, maybe a nice business model for some media properties, right? Because it allows sure. you to kind of build an audience, you know, engage with that audience with content that they like. And then you're like, oh, by the way, over here on the side, there's going to be some ads, and that's how we make money. Yes. Right? And I think that that's it, from a, a media publisher's standpoint, that feels very clean. Sure. Right? Because it, it allows you to write whatever the hell you want that hopefully re- resonates with the audience that you've built. And then if there happens to be an advertiser that wants those that the attention of the audience that you've built, they're going to help fund the bills. Yeah, right? but so, and that's, that's a very nice theoretical framework yeah. that is not true in reality in any way shape or form but because because as soon as reality hits that scenario right you yeah. you still have you know the idea that that advertising and editorial are totally separate is sure. is, is this okay look, look at it this way so right so right now uh, i think one place this is starting to play out very interestingly is actually on the mobile front okay because um, i think mobile ads like ads on mobile are becoming increasingly intrusive I don't know of an ad block solution for, for example, free-to-play games or that you're playing a game and you have to look at some ads before you can play the next game. You know? mm-hmm. um, and in that case, like, really that, there are certain games that you, just, you have a developer who made a game that's somewhat fun, and the only way they have of monetizing that, aside from making it a premium game, which is you know, people pay $1.99 for a game, which I personally have I feel how much resistance I have over paying a dollar ninety nine for a mobile game that I play for hours. Like, why do I feel that? But that's beside, that's another point. <laughs> another podcast. But yeah, another, another podcast. <laughs> but but the fact that like a developer is able to incorporate a few ads into the game and monetize it and make yeah. some money from it, like it feels clean, right? So yeah, if you, yeah. So, and 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 I'm not denying that that feels yeah. clean, but. And, and but I think it would be better if those ads were actually useful and not annoying. Right. That, sure. I, I would love for have, you know for there to be useful, non-annoying ads. But I, frankly, I feel like the one the the advertisers that are paying are the, are the people that don't yeah. have the useful products <laughs> and the entertaining. Well, you know. But, but I mean, shouldn't that be a concern to some extent? Uh, I mean, maybe maybe people people don't know about it, right? And that's kind of the main thing. How do you launch something that people don't know about? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe maybe they need maybe they do need to try harder, right? So, and not not create like an annoying ad. So I don't know. It's it's hard. <laughs> it's easier just to pay money and wave wave a sign in someone's face in, in front sure. of someone's face than to come up with an old spice ad, right? Yeah, I I think doing advertisements for written content is is probably the hardest kind of advertising to do on the internet. Right? <laughs> Whereas I think... Doing, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> but do, well, you, we're doing a podcast right now. I think it's yeah, a lot okay. easier to do an advertisement on a podcast. Though we have no advertising on this podcast. I know. No, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> call, call Mike. Call Mail Kemp. <laughs> 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 um, but 
so so I, I think like if you look at the way they do advertising on like YouTube, yeah, uh, I think some of it is very good. There was this whole Old Spice um, series of YouTube videos. Yeah, that's what what Dennis yeah. was just mentioning. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I mean, like, but and that, but the pre how about pre rolls? Like pre roll ads are kind of getting annoying, right? They're so very annoying, right? But 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 that's that's like that's the distinction, right? Like so. Pre pre roll to me is like traditional banner yeah. ads, which are just kind of annoying, or I guess they're more really like pop up ads, right? They're just annoying. Right. They get in the way. They get in the way of what you want to see, right? So something like the Old Spice ads, or like the Old Spice ads, or ad, like the BMW films, or the Dollar Shave Club, Dollar ad, Shave yeah. Club, ad, all of those are content that that actually went viral on their own right. because they were good content, right? Right. And yes, like okay. And we would all, I'm sure every ad exec would love to make that those ads. But that's that is it's a hard. very difficult thing. It's hard. I, I get that. Yeah. But I, I think that we can strive more for that rather than like And I think and it, you don't think that they're striving for it. I think that no, but, but, if, but if you look at if you look okay, at a lot of you're the right, ads, sorry, you're right. So you're Dennis right. was talking about the original <laughs> was talking about the original Old Spice ads that were posted in those videos, but I'm actually talking about there was like a new thing that was on Imager, was, right? There's like this it's it's a series of ads where it's like um, they actually engage the audience like a game, uh-huh. right? Where they say you either uh, I can't remember the two names of the sense. There's like one called Bear Glove, and the other one's called Log or something like that. One like smells like nature, and one smells like something else. <laughs> but they we've got these two <laughs> spokespeople for these two kinds of uh-huh. uh, perspirants, right? anti anti perspirants. <laughs> perspirants wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> Deodorants, right? And and you 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 uh, you can vote for one or the other, and it, it's basically um, it's across mediums, right? Uh-huh. Because they have like they have these GIF banner ads, and then they have the videos on YouTube. They've got like these viral images that they, I, I guess, they pay Imager to put up, and they just sh- they keep showing up now in random places on Reddit. Really? Yeah. And it. I'm trying I mean, to find it as we speak. So. Yeah. That's cause, just because you're cookied that way. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. These are people are actually posting them. I have the not seen them. Yeah. Wait, so it's user-generated yeah. ad content. Well, I don't know if user-generated. I think what happened is the people at Old Spice realized that what users love to do is post funny GIFs yeah. as reactions, like almost like comments on Reddit right. or in Facebook threads or whatever. And so they made a bunch of really funny GIFs that feature their products. And people are posting those. And that serves as the advertising. I mean that's interesting. I haven't I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it either, yeah. and and I'm I spend less time on Reddit than on her stuff. Yeah, or Imager <laughs> specifically, but so, so that was what I was referring to. So there uh, there was original See, but, video right. stuff and so, too. So that I mean these are these are compelling ways to make to make advertising actually relevant to people so that they enjoy it, right? Mm-hmm. And like yes, right. I mean it is true that you know you have these awful ad execs who will come into a room and say like make us viral content as if that's like a thing that you can command you just right? order it yeah right and and that's obviously bullshit but i i think is it can can you have a really good team that just knows how to do viral hit after viral people have hit? tried there are people, people who have tried it. but yeah. but they tend not to be that good at it because it's 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 hard it's hard to tell which things are going to click like yes you can there are some elements that you know and you can try and you have some folks who are better at it than others, but the number of failures is pretty high too. But at least they're trying to make compelling content, right? And, and I would argue that most advertising today is not about making compelling content. It's really just about like, if we inconvenience enough people, we're right. going to find the 0.00 whatever but percent that, that will actually... I guess so. I mean, but I, but I think that the, 
you know, getting back to the original point of whether or not an ad blocker is bad, yeah. like I think none of us like basically ad block is a tool, right? Mm-hmm. So and essentially a large percentage apparently of, of population feels that ads are detrimental to their experience. And obviously for the three of us, we don't don't, don't seem to care yeah. if, if we if we look at ads. And as far as like is it bad for the publisher? It, it, it's bad in the sense that the publisher typically is paid by, you know, in, it, by CPM or like by essentially number of eyeballs that see the ad. So if fewer yeah. people see the ad, then they're going to get paid less, right? I mean, I feel like the, the, the people that are using the ad blocker aren't going to be engaging with the ad anyway. So if anything, right. so that's, that's going to increase the percentage so, of engagement. So that's actually my, my other argument, which right? is that I think ad blockers do something beneficial, yeah. which is like you take out the audience who is never going to interact with the right. ad anyways. In, in some sense, you're being much more honest with yeah. the advertiser because you're not giving them empty and views. And it's going to so make your increase, metrics look better. You should actually be increasing your... Your, your actions. No, yeah. But, but hold yeah. on a second. Just because the ad is blocked doesn't mean it isn't reported as... It's a not reported. It's not reported? How it do they know? Be, yeah. Well, how, the, I don't your, think your it, browser it, never it, made the request. It never makes the call. For the content? I yeah. thought the content comes, but it's just hidden. No, the ad call never is called, right? So, I mean, I don't know how the ad blocker works, but it's most likely, like, it shouldn't, your browser should not make a request to the ad server that mm. says, hey, give me the ad, right? So, the page is served, and, may, and maybe the code is actually delivered, and may, depending on where they measure the, mm. the ad delivery, either can measure it at the server or whatever, but, I mean, ideally, if the ad isn't viewed... It is not counted as an impression. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, I thought counted. all the content was downloaded, and it's just no. I don't think that's browser. true. No, that that's a printer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> so, I mean, so, so well, here here's sort of the related question to all this, which is, what do you think publishers should do about ad blocker? I mean, what can they do? I mean, depending. I mean, they can obviously. On one hand, they can obviously look at how ad blockers work and try to get around it, right? So right. if they want to, if if they do advertorial, then that content should show up even if you have an ad blocker because it's part of the, you know, the content, the regular content flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the other thing is maybe make an, another ad call if they notice you're using an ad blocker and show you like a plea to un-ad that's, block that's them. That's somewhat right? common, actually. Yeah. Like please, but how does that plea get through if the ad doesn't? Because you can you can serve the ad from another another domain that the ad blocker doesn't know is an ad. You know that kind of thing. Why don't you just serve an ad from there instead of a plea? Because then it'll get blocked and and then people get well people get angry about that. Yeah, and you can serve you can serve an like an like an image from I don't I don't don't know how these ad blockers work exactly, but from a domain that your normal images come from, for example, Mm -hmm. right? So I I feel like and you can and I think Reddit. Reddit has ads that say, thank you for not using an ad blocker, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you don't use an ad blocker, you see those ads, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, and maybe you could just kind of reach out to your, your, your fan base and say, hey, you know, if, if, if anyone's using an ad blocker, I mean, we've definitely seen it. like I mean I've I've seen sites that say, please whitelist us if you're, if you're using an ad blocker or things like that. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I think that's fine, but I, I still think like, you know, looking for alternatives that, yeah. that people actually value. I mean, you know, the other thing is beyond, right, so we were talking about native before and we were talking about things like advertorial, right, but there's also things like, you know, um, 
uh, like integrated shopping and stuff like that, right? And yeah, and I mean, I think exploring other revenue opportunities is is always a good thing. Yeah, but to make uh-huh. integrated shopping work, you got to do a very particular kind of content. You can't. You, it's really hard to do integrated shopping for uh, a piece of content reporting on the Syrian refugee yeah. crisis, right? Yeah, no. It's uh, like, I mean, there are there are limits to it, but I'm saying that there are alternatives beyond just focusing on yeah. display advertising, and and it feels like many publishers at least seem to think that there are two business models and two business models only, and that is either uh, paywall or display advertising, and and you know, and then ad blocking is killing off display advertising and I actually don't think paywalls are very effective and so everyone's kind of leaves them with nothing which leaves them with nothing and so you know and so they freak out about about all this stuff and they blame everybody um but but not not that many of them have actually been trying you know to come up with different business models that actually work better that that I mean that might be an interesting topic for a future discussion like new business models for published for content publishers yeah or not? You look. I feel like we tackled. Yeah, that. I mean, we've done, we've done that. <laughs> we've done that somewhat. Do, do, have, do you listen to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> huh, have I? Yeah, maybe. Um, you no, know, but it is an interesting topic, and and uh, you know, but I there's just like, you know, it seems to go through phases where people suddenly get freaked out again about how much ad blocking it is, and it just happened recently because of this study, which you know, again, the study itself may have been kind of questionable, but. You know, it's just that you know people people are talking about it again, and I and I, and I just feel like people overreact to it so much, especially on the publishing side. And maybe maybe the problem is that you know if we had someone here who was a publisher who really freaked out about ad blocking, maybe yeah. we'll have to do another one of these with I'm fine. With, with someone that's going to freak out about this. Yes, we're we not need, we're need, not freaking out enough. <laughs> we're not freaking out enough well, to. I mean, I'm I'm sympathetic, you know, to this 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 whole thing of like you know that. There might not be a business model that's going to work to maintain an organization like the New York Times without advertising if their paywall doesn't work out, right? I mean, I don't know how well they're I, doing. I, I mean, I would find that difficult to believe for, for a variety of reasons. You have an audience that large. There is a business model that will make it work, right? It may be a combination of business models, but, you know, I, I just... I. You know, I, I have, they, have they found it? Are they doing okay? Yeah, but you don't know what it is. But you're sure there is one. <laughs> you say you say you say that in such a condescending <laughs> way. You make you make it sound like yeah, right. No, but I yes, I I do think you know just because just because yeah. I don't know the best business model necessarily for the New York Times doesn't. Yeah. But I could come up with all sorts of things that I think are interesting, right? And I think that like the question is, will you run out of money before you can try them all? And the New York Times, the New York Times has enough money that they're not going to run out of money in trying these things. But like, so like you can do a, a, a bunch of different things. And so some of it may be the advertising. Some of it may be more native advertising. But the New York Times has lots of famous personalities. You can do things where it's like, you know, getting to meet the people who write for the New York Times or holding events. The New York Times could charge to bring yeah. together really interesting people and could have, you know, huge, very successful, very, you know, big money maker events if they wanted to. Right. There's all kinds of different things that publishers can do beyond bombarding their user base with just display advertising. And, and because of that, I think that, you know, ad blocking as a signal back to the publisher that, you know, just relying on display advertising is not a good idea is a useful thing. Right. So would you go, go as far as, if you were the New York Times, would you have a button on the front page of the New York Times that says, turn ads off? 
I don't know. I, yeah, that's a. Right? I, I mean, we don't have that on TechDirt, right? So, right. Not, do you want not want ads? Click here. No problem. Thank you. Yeah, I and mean, it's an interesting. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I, I, yeah. that, I, it's actually an interesting idea. I had, I never really thought about that. I wonder. Yeah. Um, I wonder what would happen if if we did that. And, and uh, I'm. And maybe I mean you could probably engineer it such that. It's a conscious decision, right? So yeah. maybe it turns it off. Like, click here, and ads will be go away for a month. Like, thank you. Like, thank you for thank you for letting us know. Yeah. Um, that you hey, thank like you for ads. screwing us. Now we don't have no, the money. To <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's, that's actually. I, I mean, that's um, that's something worth thinking about. Like, could you do something interesting? I mean, I, I would. I, you could think through the mechanisms of how you do that, and you could yeah. potentially do that in a really interesting way, where you allow people to do it, but but you're. But you should in, give them a gateway which says, "Would you like to make a donation?" Instead? Right. Well, I'm saying like you could you could do yeah. that in a way that you that could have is, a sliding scale where where zero is a price. I mean, that's or, a potential way. You could do it that way, or so so. Okay. Well, I'll, let me take one step back here because this is a yeah. slightly different discussion, but like it's an interesting one. Now, one of the things you know, people have done crowdfunding or other projects. One of the things that they often talk about is like you know, or like it, or or have like a support pitch. If you support us, we'll take away the advertising on the site, right? Yeah. And so we have like the Tech Dirt Insider mm-hmm. thing that, that lots of people pay us money for. And we have never offered an option that says take away the advertising. Yeah. And the reason I've I've not done that is because I actually conceptually and we've been thinking about this a lot again recently but like conceptually i do worry about the incentive structure there because then the incentive structure is i should make the advertising more annoying to push more people to pay to get rid of the advertising and i don't like what that says now the the (laughs) counter to that is like yes but you're not an asshole and you wouldn't do that right and that's like yes maybe in a in a global you know, situation. You know, some people might do that, but but you but know, you wouldn't consciously. Do I that. I would not consciously. No, but, do but that. Dennis is talking about a separate thing, which is a free button. Right, right, right. So I, but I, I was taking yeah. the step back, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. so now we're we're progressing. We're saying, well, what if we did something that is just a free option mm-hmm. that's not about the payment, but that also has the thing like, by the way, here you can do get insiders rid of the get a supporters badge. Yes, they do. Yeah, see, that's yeah. the main thing. Right, so. And they can get other stuff too. And we have, you know, additional levels of access. And if you're paying, that we have like a chat that only people who pay get into the chat. And and yeah. we have I like mean, I, t-shirts I and all that. You guys that are kind of always stuff. exploring, right? Yeah. And so, so I'm actually intrigued, and I'm gonna think about this. So people who are listening to this, pay attention because we may. <laughs> this is the sound of Mike thinking. Yeah, we we may experiment with something. It wouldn't be for a little while because we have a couple other things we need to get done first. But um, maybe we'll experiment with something. What happens? Yeah. You know what happens if you give it if you make it an option? You could make it an option where you could you know say like, hey, if you do want to support so, us. Uh, I'm curious about how yeah. Reddit does this, like how they support as big an organization as they do, considering they have only a small amount of advertising on the website. I hardly ever noticed it. Yeah, and and well, are, are they making money? Uh, somebody recently bought me gold, and and there was no the advertising didn't disappear. So I don't oh, know what that the was. Hell. That was a fake gold. Then you got. I don't know. No. Or I mean, at least I don't think it did. I mean, I think they make some amount of money from from the Reddit gold situation. I think they they've had they've always had trouble filling the advertising. Yeah. Um, you know their inventory. They, have, is, they don't have a lot of very advertisers. Gold gives you access to a special secret subreddit for oh, only really? gold users, which is nothing interesting. <laughs> and then they had they let you make an avatar, and I, I was so excited. I thought. 
wow, this avatar that I customized will show up next to my name, and that's not it's, the case. It's, it's, it's I mean, the whole, like, Reddit gold phenomenon is actually a really interesting one to study, too, and maybe that's, I mean, that we're going way yeah. off of the topic yeah. here, but, like... I mean, the fact that you can buy it for other people is, is awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really sort of interesting situation. And so, um, it's interesting, but I think we're, we're kind of out of time on this, but but but... This podcast has given me an interesting idea that I'm going to be thinking about, and and, and watch this space because maybe we'll experiment with something because that, that is a really really interesting idea that might might be worth playing. Around I think with. what Tech Dirt should do is give people the opportunity to tip other commenters on Tech Dirt, and then you take a share and you give them a share of the tip. Uh, you give them an account. Maybe I mean because gold right, right, Reddit yeah. takes all the money from the gold, and the guy who got sixty three gold for a great comment yeah. actually doesn't yeah. get anything. I mean, the one thing that we well, have the, the one thing that we have right now, which is not well implemented, and we're sort of thinking about this and and if there are ways to implement it better or to get rid of it altogether. Which is right now, if you are a supporter of TechDirt at different levels, you get a number of what's called first word or last word power, which is that you can look at, take any comment, uh, it could be your own or it could be anyone else's, and you could tag that as the first word or the last word on the post. And obviously each post, there's only two options, one first word, one last word, and it takes that post and then highlights it up at the top of the comments or again, at the bottom of the comments. So it's a way to highlight a post that you really like. And the only way to get that is to be a tech insider and you get a certain number of those that you can use oh, each month. And so it's, it's, it's kind of a system like that, but it's not as direct a kind of mm. payment system. Um, and we've been sort of thinking about ways to, to change that or improve that. Um, but it, it has elements of that. Yeah. I mean, you can do like Doge, Doge tip used to be a thing, right? On Reddit. Yeah. You give, Doge um, yeah, you give it like a little a Doge credit, whatever. It, yeah. did, there's, there's it seems a, so quiet. Yeah. Yeah. There's bit tip and it yeah. seems so quieted down by now, but. Dogecoin still around? Yeah, I mean that—that's the thing that's quieted down. I think it's Dogecoin that's yeah. that's quieted down. But again, another podcast for another time. We always say that. But yeah, I know, I know. Well, we're building up a list. There's there's so many things to do. We'll we'll get to it. All right. Everything we will we will continue podcasting infinitely until it's all done. <laughs> that's right. Until there's nothing left to podcast about. And on that note, uh, uh, unless either of you have any last minute thoughts. Nope. <laughs> I Wait, think I love that. Did we do last thoughts twice? I get this. Or no. 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 <laughs> Hirsch is losing it. Yeah, I'm losing but it. But <laughs> thank you for uh, uh, listening once again. And we will be back again next week with a one, another wonderful podcast topic. So bye. Bye. To grab a shovel and dig up the cat. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the cat.